Wit family. Hi. David and Carmen here. We're going to bring you a word of encouragement today in these times where we're sequestered in our homes and can't go out and do much of anything except pick up a few groceries and maybe uh, some medication. So we uh, really enjoy coming out and working in the garden and just uh, to come out here and enjoy the beauty of God's creation. And I do the same thing when I go on my walks. It's just a, a really wonderful time to go outside. This time of year, the weather is fabulous. So uh, David has a word of encouragement uh, from the Bible for you. Yeah, and sequestered comes from the word squat, which means we aren't doing squat. <laughs> so let me give you a word. Got it this morning. It's in Jeremiah. It's in chapter 17. It says, but blessed are those who trust in the Lord and have made the Lord their hope and confidence. They are like trees that planted along a riverbank with roots that reach deep into the water. Such trees are not bothered by the heat or worried by long months of drought, which is what we're in right now. Their leaves stay green and they go right on producing delicious fruit. Uh, I, just, I just loved this verse this morning. It encouraged me. Uh, it meant a lot to me. Uh, we're at the point now where we're just sick and tired of being sick and tired of this stay-at-home stuff. Um, I have personal opinions about it, but I won't say it. No. But I always <laughs> encourage myself in the Lord. Yes. And uh, it's just, I don't know, he always says the right things at the right time. And I just praise the Lord for that on this beautiful day. Yes, so remember, call someone. Don't just text them. You know, actually call them, and uh, that way we can stay connected with each other. And it's uh, just a healthier way to stay connected. So enjoy the, the, the week, and uh, we'll see you again. Bye. Bye. Well, hello, hello LifePoint Church. Uh, great to see you again. And uh, I am, this time I am broadcasting, broadcasting, <laughs> I am in a different room in the church. I'm in my beloved prayer room, one of my favorite rooms in the church. And so I thought we'd shake it up a little bit. And uh, this morning I want to do the video a little bit differently. Uh, I was going to, Tanya and I have been working on a post uh, document, a letter to send out, just expressing, you know, uh, how much we love you guys, how some plans we're thinking about for the church and that we are. <laughs> still uh, steering the ship, so to speak, even though it's been a couple of months silent. And we, you know, we thought rather than just putting a letter, we'll just make it today's message because there's actually a teaching and an application in this as well. So we're going to do things a little bit differently. We're going to record a little bit differently, but uh, just, you know, it's time we have a chat, time we talk about, uh, you know, what God can be doing in the midst of this in us uh, while we are still persevering and enduring and waiting out uh, this coronavirus. And so anyway, as we're all aware, I mean, we are living in unprecedented times. And with those times, the church is really set in a pivotal time in history. And I hope you realize the church is being watched. Everything we do, we are, we are being watched. This is an, an amazing opportunity 
for us to witness, for us to share our hearts, for us to show the world who Jesus is and how the people of God endure something like a global pandemic. We may never get this opportunity again. I hope we never get this opportunity again, but this opportunity has been thrust upon us. And for all of those who know that we are followers of Jesus, they're watching. How do they go through a global pandemic? And that's what we wanna talk about a little bit this morning. And we want, I wanted to share a little bit, and, and Tanya and I both wanted to share a little bit about what, where we believe the Lord is taking LifePoint Church, but also the church as a whole as we go through these murky waters, so to speak. So please take time to listen to this. Uh, please, uh, please listen to it to the end because this morning, less than just having a po another polished sermon or trying to get all my points right, this is going to be a little bit more from the heart. Tanya and I, we got together and we just wanted to share our heart and where we're at. We've been getting lots of phone calls, emails, Facebook, text, all the, all the forms of communication have been coming our way. And we want to both set hearts at ease and give what we believe is a great and wonderful direction that God has given us as we go forward into these extraordinary times that we are living in. As you know, our county and our state officials are in the process of rolling out the procedures as to how the churches can gather again publicly. Churches, local businesses, everybody. I want you to know that Tanya and I, we have been prayerfully, and I mean prayerfully, considering, talking, drawing, scribbling, uh, testing things out with people we trust. We have really been, it's been on our heart as to how LifePoint Church should not only respond to this situation about how we're going to be going forward in the future. Now, for some, this may seem like a simple black and white decision, but I can assure you there's a lot, a lot that has to be taken into consideration when you're talking about the leadership and the band of people, some 250 people that call LifePoint Church home. So both our state officials and those in authority over us in our Foursquare denomination, they have asked us to wait and not have our public gatherings yet. They have asked, and so we will wait. Uh, but that, what, what exactly should that waiting look like? I believe that in many ways this is a time to employ wisdom over emotion. And as we are working on a spirit-led plan to reconnect all of us together again, I want you to notice something. I said reconnect. Notice I said reconnect, not reopen, because LifePoint Church never closed. Uh, our prayer warriors have never stopped praying. Our pastoral counselors have never stopped counseling. Uh, we have not stopped doing worship. We've not stopped doing the teachings. Uh, our finance team and and led by Carmen and all that, have not stopped paying the bills. I'm still in a building that, that we're paying for. And so we, LifePoint Church never closed. We're not talking about reopening. We are open. But the reconnection, I think, is what people are beginning to feel right now, sort of the disconnection from one another. Because while you can see me through the weekly videos, and I can't see you and you can't see each other, and there's something to that. And so we want to talk about that. How is it going to look? And at this point, no concrete decisions have been made, but we have been praying and exploring a lot of options. Uh, now, per our Foursquare recommendations, we want to employ a lot of wisdom 
in these options and we're trying to think outside the box. In fact, this is a great opportunity to begin thinking outside the box as to how we can reconnect as a church. And so the most important thing I want to emphasize is while we're going to be talking about what it may take to reconnect again, I want to tell you the one thing we will not have here as we reconnect again, and that is fear. We cannot have fear. We cannot cave and give in to fear. We can have wisdom. Having wisdom is different than having fear. We will not have fear and not reconnect in fear. Fear is contagious. And so many people right now, they're afraid. They're afraid that the churches are going to go away. They're afraid that the church in California is going to go away, that, that we won't be resilient enough to handle the weeks or the months or the, the slab of time it takes uh, for us to get over the hump in certain ways with this coronavirus. So there's a lot of fear out there. But to be honest with you, I don't believe for a second that the American church is that wimpy or that weak. In fact, I think that's just not us. One of the fruits of the Spirit is patience, to be at peace with God's pace. And so that is what I believe is the American church. Just look at our history. We endured the Revolutionary War. We endured a civil war. We tamed the wild, wild west. We went through the Great Depression, and we endured that and came out on top. We suffered through the horrors of World War II, and again, we came out on top. In World War II, many husbands left their families for years, and those families endured and waited patiently. And proud of the ashes of World War II, we emerged as one of the strongest countries in the world. I think there is an amazing lesson for the church in that there, that we can be a resilient people, and resilience is often tested and grown through patience. Now, I understand how many people feel in terms of gathering. I want to gather myself. I, I get it, and I feel it. But while I sympathize with the feeling, I believe there's something we're missing as all we're doing is focusing on when can we all get together physically again. We're missing something that's very, very important. We have an amazing opportunity to still witness and to witness even stronger as our ability to gather has been compromised. And I think if we are patient and we wait for the order to lift, at least for now, I think there's an amazing witness to the world that we as a church can provide a witness that reflects the heart of God and the love of Jesus Christ for a planet who desperately needs him. One of the scriptures that has comforted me during this time, and I hope it comforts you, comes out of 1 Peter chapter 2, verses 12 through 17. Let's read it. Peter says, Live such good lives among the pagans that though they accuse you of wrongdoing, they may see your good deeds and glorify God on the day he visits us. Submit yourselves to the Lord's sake, to every human authority, whether to the emperor as the supreme authority or to the governors who are sent by him to punish those who do wrong and to commend those who do right. For it is God's will that by doing good, you should silence the ignorant talk of foolish people. Live as free people, but do not use your freedom as a cover-up for evil. Live as God's slaves. Show proper respect to everyone 
love the family of believers, fear God, and honor the emperor. I mean, there are, you know, times when this isn't always easy. Maybe this is one of those times for you. I know sometimes when I'm driving up the I-5 and I see the speed limit says 70, I want to drive 80. <laughs> but just because I think the speed limit should be 80 uh, doesn't necessarily mean that I have the right as a Christian to go 80. The speed limit is 70. So I drive 70-ish. And so right now, the world is watching. How will the church respond? And I believe that response has to reflect no fear, patience, wisdom, love, anointing, a calmness, and a confidence that as we trust God in the trials, the church will emerge from this stronger and more united who knows, maybe this coronavirus is the seed to the next great American spiritual renewal that so many people have told me we so desperately need. And so we ask ourselves, will we give up or will we defy? Will we fight with each other or will we fight with those outside our body with whom we have differences of opinion? The steps we take in the next few weeks and months will be monumental for the future of the church, not just our church, not just LifePoint Church, for all churches. We're a collective witness. And the world is watching Christians. And how we respond will be how the world sees those Christians. Tanya and I's prayer while we are on the world stage is that we will portray the heart of God in words, actions, and deeds. Ultimately, isn't that why God placed us here in the first place? Isn't that why the church exists? Does it just exist so the church can meet our needs or does it exist to witness to the death and resurrection of Jesus Christ and to the infilling of the Spirit in our lives? We are here to portray the heart and character of God, to be His voice at a critical time in history. Ask yourself, are our leaders wanting the voice of the church? I sure hope so. We have a great opportunity to be that voice. So let's be it. I've heard the phrase time and time again, well, Pastor Tom, shouldn't we obey God rather than man? It's a phrase that the Apostle Peter said when he was first arrested and the Jewish leaders were prohibiting him from teaching and preaching that Jesus was the Messiah. Now, here's the thing. We are not being forbidden to teach and preach that Jesus Christ is the Messiah. In fact, here's an interesting thing. I just spoke with Pastor Ben today at Church Without Walls. And, and we were going through this too, this, you know, uh, how to establish some of this reconnection. And you know what he said? He said this. He said, the people see us feeding and serving them even when we are not having church services. What, what's the point that they're getting? He said, they know we love them and we will serve them and feed them, whether or not they ever sit down at our church services again. That's what the world needs to see, that we have been freely given, and so now we freely give. And I love, I love how Pastor Ben said that. They're seeing it's not just about us having church service. We love you even when we can't meet together. We're still going to be Jesus to you. That's what the world needs to hear. 
That's what the world needs to see. So why not talk to your neighbor about Christ during this time? Why not post away on Facebook? Why not start sharing some videos, listening to some podcasts? There are some great podcasts out there, watching the videos. I've got, we've got seven or eight videos now online and a whole treasury of sermons gone by from the last 10 years at LifePoint. Why not begin to send memes to our friends and echo a call of prayer to heal our land of this plague? You know, it's funny. May 31st, the last day of this month that, that we're recording in here, also happens to be the date of Pentecost. The, 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 the disciples were in an upper room and they were told by Jesus, wait, don't do a thing. Don't go out and preach. Don't start churches. Don't... Wait and pray. And I often wonder, what if they didn't obey the command to wait? What if they jumped the gun and were impatient and left before the Holy Spirit had fallen? We'd never have the amazing story of the Pentecost. We never would have seen the Holy Spirit work in such power. The waiting, in fact, is part of our witness, not necessarily an attack upon it. It's part of our witness just as it was part of their witness to wait until God opened the doors of opportunity. My wife likes to talk about waiting, and she often thinks about waiting a lot differently than I do. When I think of waiting, I think of waiting just like you think of it. Waiting and sitting and waiting. That's me. She's got a much better take on it. She says waiting is not just sitting and waiting. When the disciples uh, were waiting, they were preparing to evangelize the word world. They may have been small in number, but they pressed into God in that upper room and they prayed like never before. It changed the world when a small group of people chose to wait and be filled with the Holy Spirit for their next mission. So again, what if waiting doesn't necessarily mean to just sit and wait? What if it means to wait as a waiter waits on tables as a servant serves their God. What would that look like? Maybe we would take this time to not necessarily binge on TV or overeat and be stuffed with Oreos, escape into long drives or sleep in late or sleep, sleep, sleep. It's time to get back to the Bible. Open up the Word. Get on your iPads. Get anywhere where you can find some Scripture or a, a good way to read Scripture or devotional. There's all these kinds of things. There's, there's uh, ways where we can start praying together and, and having time for prayer, putting away the distractions, pressing into God's presence. I challenge you, put away. There's so many distractions right now. There's so many conspiracy theories. There's, there's the latest news articles and the latest updates. And boy, it seems like the more we learn, the more we realize we don't know. In the time we spend on social media, and I'm, not, and I'm not trying to say that this is all wasted time, but what if instead of doing those things all the time, what if we took the time we needed to take to build our spirit, to grow ourselves spiritually? We'll have the very same thing that our forefathers and mothers had in this country as we endured all of those things before revolutions, civil wars, depressions, world wars pandemics. It's the foundation of our faith in Christ that gives us both our dignity and strength to face this like a Christian. 
And that's what I feel like God is calling us. And if we do, maybe we'll impact our world in many of the same ways that the disciples impacted there, emerging stronger, emerging more credible in a society that is watching how is the church going to respond. So you may want to take some toilet paper to a friend's house who doesn't have any. Or maybe you might want to talk to a neighbor who doesn't know Jesus. Maybe check in on a friend that you haven't talked to in a long time. I know for some people, uh, they haven't heard from me in a long time. And it's time we need to reconnect. And I want to reconnect as much as possible. If I wasn't homeschooling my kids, I'd reconnect a lot more. But the fact of the matter is, there's going to be people where God is prompting you to be the word of encouragement. To be the word of encouragement. To cancel out the cynicism and to throw water on the fires of fear. Because we're Christians. We were made for this. We were meant for this. And we keep praying. I hear people saying, God speak, God speak. God is going to speak through us. And so that's why it's so important to be connected to him now, taking that time to do our devotionals, pray with our families and our wives and by ourselves, and do the work to be that voice that God is calling us to be. Loving and serving his people, all his people. I don't mean just the people in the body. I mean the people all over the world. We're all God's children, all made in God's image. There are those Zacchaeuses that are hiding up in the tree in shame. There's the Pauls who are persecuting the church. You know, they never thought the Apostle Paul would be, become a Christian. He was killing people. He was the one on the list least likely to ever convert to Christianity. And he became one of the most amazing apostles Christianity had ever seen. Our prayers are not pointless. They are very powerful indeed. There's the rich young rulers out there. They've been clinging to their money. And they now face their identity and their financial towers crumbling. They're going to need a word from a fearless Christian saying, you know what? We can rebuild. God can rebuild. There is something more. Uh, there's a God more powerful than money out there. His name is Jesus. So God, he wants to spend time with you. And then have the residue of that time spent start eking off to other people. We talk about the coronavirus, how it gets breathed on other people. Believe me, the time you spend with God, that gets breathed on other people too. God is far more contagious than this virus will ever be. So I pray that this time of waiting will not produce the predicted declines of the Christian church in America. I think we're better than that. But maybe we also need to find out what we're made of. Maybe we needed this. Maybe we needed a little shaking. Find out what the Christian church in America is truly made of. Are we going to rise in the fruits of the Spirit or give in to the passions and emotions of the flesh? And so I call upon you right now that rather in talking about and musing about the predicted declines in the American church and the declines in church giving that's been spoken of. May we instead see the church on fire just like it was on the day of Pentecost after those disciples waited 
and waited and waited until God blew open the doors. And remember, 3,000 people in one day, in one sermon, were convicted and came to Jesus. Now, all that being said, we know that the enemy is not going to stand by and watch the church respond without throwing some darts. The Bible says that the enemy is a roaring lion. He's smart and he's a schemer. And his weapons might not be what you think. They're subtle. They hide in the shadows because that's his favorite place to be is in the shadows. That being said, we, Tanya and I, we really see two weapons that are being employed against the church at this time. And those two weapons are disunity and apathy. Now you see, the enemy is smart. He, doesn't, he knows he can't do a full frontal assault on the church. We have way too much power to resist. So he tries to weasel and destroy the church from within with disunity or apathy. Right now, he's going to do everything he can to either divide us or just lull us to sleep spiritually. And it's going to become easier and easier and easier to neglect our spirituality and just fade into the flesh. It may start in subtle ways. We stop joining the church online. We stop posting. We stop connecting with other uh, with other believers, we, 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 we stop, you know, we, we, we start spending more time on social media, TV, home projects, all these other things, and we begin to neglect the connections that the Lord would have us build. Now, I'm not saying that anything, any of these things are necessarily bad in and of themselves, things like social media or, or doing house projects, but they should never come at the expense of what is truly important in our lives, staying connected to the body and staying connected to Jesus. As time moves forward, it's going to be a lot easier and easier for us to argue our opinions and let them divide us. And let's face it, you get any four of us in a room, we're going to have different opinions. And we, we can be divided. This is an age-old tactic that the enemy uses time and time. We've seen this for thousands of years. Get two people to disagree, then fight about it. Let that not be us. We may fail this test nine times out of ten, but not this time. This time, no. With the church on the world stage, we say, you know what? This is an amazing time, an extraordinary time, a historic time. We, as part of the church, we're going to rise. We are not going to be divided. We're going to be united. We're not going to be lulled into apathy. We are going to be every waking moment, we're going to be thinking, God, if you use me in this moment, I'm going to seize the opportunity to show the world what the church is really made of. We're filled with the Holy Spirit. Don't forget that. We're filled with the Holy Spirit. And he'll never leave you nor forsake you nor condemn you. Jesus paid it all. So, as we close, I want you to remind you, for the first 300 years of the church, the church faced persecutions. It endured somewhere between five to seven major sustained persecutions. 
Years went by when churches, years went by when churches couldn't meet, pastors couldn't preach, and sanctuaries lay quiet. And then, just like that, it was over. Churches reconnected. And their cases did reopen. And they always emerged stronger. And within 300 years, the greatest empire of the earth at that time eventually bowed its knees to Jesus. That's what the world needs to see. There's, there's, there's an amazing God out there called Jesus. And he's the King of kings and the Lord of lords. The coronavirus is horrible. And the enemy does not fight fair. And yet the silver lining is we get to see what we're made of. Now up to this point, you may have been in reaction mode. We're bummed. We're freaked out. Oh my goodness. This was the shock and the reaction. Okay, it's May 15th. Now as I record this, it's two months later. We've had eight weeks to kind of shake our head. Now, from this point forward, we go, okay, we accept this. And we're going to move on and show the world what the church is made of. And what the church is made of, the power of the Holy Spirit. So I implore you, spend time in His presence. Join our online services. Obey our civic leaders. Continue to give faithfully. Pray for, administer those that God is placing all around you. But above all, remain vigilant. For this is not the time for the church to become a cruise ship. Remember, we're a battleship. And let's see the church shine. Let's do it together. The church was made for this. So let's see what happens when we leave our upper room and began to witness to the great ways God provided for us, protected us, and saw us through the coronavirus. Thank you for your time. I pray may God heal our land of this disease. And may we become the witness the world so desperately needs. God bless you all. Take care. The weapon may be formed, but it won't prosper. When the darkness falls, it won't prevail. The God I serve knows only how to triumph My God will never fail My God will never fail I'm gonna see a victory I'm gonna see a victory For the battle belongs to you, Lord I'm gonna see a victory, I'm gonna see a victory, for the battle belongs to you, Lord. There's power in the mighty name of Jesus. Every war he wages, he will win. And I'm not backing down from any giant. 
I know how this story ends Lord, I know how this story ends I'm gonna see a victory I'm gonna see a victory For the battle belongs to you, Lord I'm gonna see a victory I'm gonna see a victory for the battle belongs to you, Lord. I'm gonna see a victory. I'm gonna see a victory. For the battle belongs to you, Lord. I'm gonna see a victory. I'm gonna see a victory. For the battle belongs to you, Lord.